This is Jessica. And this is Kelly. And this is the Chasing Brighter podcast. Kelly, I know that we're obsessed with longevity, um, having glowing skin, um, healing our gut, and I love Warrior Strong Wellness products. Um, We love, we talk all the time, the multi-collagen protein powder, the collagen tides and bone broth, but I'm also obsessed with the ashwagandha. Um, It really helps me manage my stress levels and stay calm. Kel, are you adding ashwagandha into your routine, your supplement routine? I am. Jess, you remember I was having all these like stressful, this stressful situation happening with my kitchen reno and I started taking two of these a day in the morning Mm -hmm. and I just noticed a level of calmness that um, I'm able to sustain throughout the day that really helps me not feel so anxious. Yeah, I was taking two in the morning and two at night. I stopped taking my two in the morning because I was like, is this really doing something? And then it, like my, I feel it. You know, when you wake up and you're stressed, you kind of feel it in your stomach, you feel it in your chest. Just taking two in the morning really helps me feel calmer. Um, and if you check it out on Warrior Strong Wellness, coupon code Chasing Brighter, that's one word, Chasing Brighter for 10% off. Welcome. Kelly and I are so excited today to talk with Janet Handley. She is a Reiki master, healer, and spiritual teacher. Kelly and I often talk about Janet because we join her on a weekly Zoom meditation, which is amazing. Janet is passionate about helping others navigate their spiritual journey. She has helped many people through spiritual healing by practicing and teaching Reiki healing, spiritual development courses, past life regressions, and clairvoyant readings and channeling. In 2004, she became a licensed healing therapist here in the U.S. and has been working in New Mexico most recently. We're so excited for you to hear our talk with Janet. Enjoy. So welcome, Janet. We're so excited to have you today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, we'd love to hear, um, your story, love to hear a little bit, um, about, um, how you got to where you are today and randomly Kelly, we just had a guest, right? Didn't a a broadwife just go to the Canary Islands? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And where did you live in the Canary Islands, Janet? Lanzarote. Yes. That's where she was. How, how crazy small world. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful there. So, well, where do I start, really? At the beginning. Um, And the first thing I really remember as a child was the fact that um, I was probably about five, four or five, Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't speak mind to mind with everybody. Mm-hmm. I was desperately trying to communicate that way. And I don't know where that came from, mm-hmm. but um, finally I remember giving up because it wasn't happening. But um, I was brought up in the UK. I was the youngest of three children. And um, the next thing, and this is all sort of spiritual bringing me to where I am today. Um, I remember 
being able to see, um, and I didn't know what it was, people and shapes in the dark. So that was disconcerting. But um, my parents were not um, interested at all because they were struggling to put food on the table and um, keeping us all clothed. So they didn't want to hear the fact that their youngest was um, looking for support because she could see all these, these things. So again, I just shut them away yeah i kind of put it so close that door yeah and um that didn't um worry me and so i moved on and i had a few challenges when i was a child um i probably again at the age of about seven we lived what was termed in the country Mm -hmm. Um, In those days, I mean, it's part of London now, the London borough, but um, then it was very much rural. And um, so I was walking home from school. Again, I think I must have been about seven or eight, and it was raining, and I had um, my raincoat, boots, satchel on the back, and um, I came over what was a hump in the lane um, where the the railway was under went underneath and on the other side of this hump there was a puddle i thought of water going across the road so i thought i'm gonna wade through that so i get in the middle and all of a sudden i'm plunged into a 10 foot hole but I remember it to this day. I didn't, I felt um, anxious, but my mind was full of, okay, I need to get to the side. Well, fortunately, my father had taught me to um, tread water. We used to go once a week to the swimming baths and um, he taught me to swim. So I'm in the middle there and I'm kicking my boots off because I couldn't do much with them on and I'm moving towards the edge. Well, I got to the edge and of course the edge was crumbling away ever all the time I was trying to get out. So I thought that's no good. So I get back to the middle. And as I'm in the middle contemplating, this truck, as we would say in the UK, this lorry came along, saw me in the water. He walked in and said, give me your hand, love. (laughs) So I put my hand up, he whooshed me out and put me in his truck and then said, where do you live? So I 
told him and um, he took me to the door. My mother nearly had a blue fit and mm -hmm. he said, she said, oh, come in, come in. He said, no, I'm on my way. She needs a hot bath because it was nearly, it was winter time. Yeah. Anyway, I remember that very clearly. And as I was growing up over the years, several things like that happened to me. But I just managed to think logically and it was almost as though my brain wasn't um giving the information it was an intuitive experience mm -hmm. and um so as i grew up and moved forward through these experiences i became aware of being able to know that things were going to work out, even though they didn't look as though they were. As I moved through my life, um, I realized that every time I tried to force something to happen, it was difficult and I came up against challenge after challenge. So as I moved on and um, became more aware and open and when I had three children, all varying stages of the challenges that go with that. I finally, um, we moved from the UK to the Canary Islands and we opened a business. We had a business in the UK, which was a garage um, and car sales. And when we moved to the Canary Islands, we opened a, another garage um, and it, we sold tires and my husband repaired cars. I learned the language so that I could um, communicate with um, the bank, parts, people, all the administrative and um, that side of things was my responsibility. And then, of course, my husband was an engineer um, and he was able to um, repair anything. But uh, we moved on from there. Um, and what happened was in um, 1994, suddenly Barry passed away. Mm. And that was um, an eye opener in itself 
because I realized, and my youngest son at that time was 15. When that happens so suddenly with no real warning, Mm -hmm. and as we moved forward through those challenges, um, we made a decision that we would never ever make anything a problem because if we could move through this we could move through anything Mm. and so we did um and i continued to run the garage and tire fitting center which is what we had by that time and um i was in the garage one day and i had a phone call from a friend and said janet i've got a reiki master coming over would you like to learn reiki i said what's reiki yeah a healing therapy i said well tell me more i don't know i said put me down (laughs) and from then which was um in 2000 um i immediately understood many things about not only our physical experience, but our energy being. We are powerful, loving beings Mm -hmm. who have not been able to understand because we haven't been exposed to that side of our abilities but now um, things have opened up so much that we are all beginning to shift and change so in a a nutshell um, that is how I became um, very connected with everybody really Mm -hmm. well and I so I want to go back a little bit what you had three young children when you moved to the Canary Islands no they were not I only had um one one that my my son who was um uh I think 13 when we moved so there. you were you uprooted went to another country with another language what kind of sparked that move well um we had a garage um in the uk and building developers had actually um approached us to sell our property because they wanted a um, build on it and we realized that we were running our uh, garage we had three managers it was a small business but we had car hire we had parts and we had repairs and then what happened was 
all our staff were working five days a week. We were still working seven days a week and um, quite involved. So we decided that we would sell up. Then we went to um, the Canary Islands on holiday and decided that we loved it so much. Um, that's where we would be. Let's stay there. And so that's that's what happened. But unfortunately, the um, developers um, took it took such a long time for the planning to go through that when it did, the developers were um, unable to go with, through with it. So we were um, left with either we started again in the Canary Islands or we started again in the UK. Yeah. And we decided that we would start anew in the Canary Islands. Well, it sounds also quality of life. Was the quality of life better? Oh, yes. Yeah. Very, very much so. When we... Um, moved there and when we lived there you you didn't have to lock your vehicle you never locked your door mm -hmm. um, my son was able to walk freely down to the front to the beach with no thought of um, any issues whatsoever. Whereas in the UK, by that time, things had got very, very um, concerning yeah, for yeah. young people about. So, and when I hear like like you're talking about, because I talk about that in the way I explain it as like getting lost in humanity, and so it's like what I'm hearing you say is that. Um, like you tried to kind of control things for your life and tried to make things a certain way and thought things were a really big deal. And then with the sudden passing of your husband, it kind of made a shift for you of uh, pulling back and looking more at the big picture and, and realizing we have no control. And then uh, that shift to kind of living in the flow. Absolutely. That was the very, very first start of it. And then, of course, doing um, the Reiki course and um, allowing the energy and the power. I, I didn't understand it to start with. I just performed using the um, the energy. Um, I talk about now um, an electromagnetic grid which surrounds the earth. I know it's there. When I was a child, I used to see it. I used to be able to see it. But I know it's divine love and it's where we are connected. And so... I would just go through the procedure that I had been taught and feeling the energy and knowing it was working. And at that time, I was still running the garage and um, people 
would come on holiday, friends or acquaintances, and they would say, Janet, can we have a healing? And I would go round to wherever they were staying and whether it was in the sitting in the chair, whether it was laying on the bed, whether it was laying on a kitchen table, it didn't matter. It works anywhere. Yeah. So um, that was um, a great joy to me. Mm-hmm. That was um, a great motivator, motivator for um, opening up to the joy. This is this is the the important thing that I have learned over the years that life is a joy and should be a joy and if it isn't we need to find what it is that is holding us back Mm. and we can all do that yes so you you kind of on a whim took this reiki healing class yep. and how did you you know I, um maybe you weren't even able to recognize at the time being drawn to that but when you first were in that class like what what thoughts or how did you kind of change by just going through that experience or what sort of lit up within you in that moment well um when you take um reiki Horses, um, Reiki One, there is an initiation that opens up uh, the chakra centers. It connects you to the energy. And um, my uh, Reiki master, Elaine, um, she said to us, she explained a little bit about the energy and then she said the first thing we're going to do is the initiation so you're going to be blown away by this so just know that this is exactly what happened Uh, there was four of us on the course and we all had to sit and then close our eyes and um, just relax so we are doing this and Elaine is going around quietly and I'm sitting there feeling a wonderful energy of peace and love then all of a sudden I felt this energy on my stomach and this voice said to me okay janet i am you're not going to believe this i am do you remember when your mother had uh, a miscarriage before she had you because you and I were the babies. We came in, we grew, but I couldn't come. 
I had to go back. I wasn't ready. And so I'm sitting and she said, but I've come now because my daughter was expecting her second child. She said, I've come now and I'm waiting for you to come over before I'm born. And when we came out of our initiation, um, Elaine said to everybody, now, um, what did you experience anything? And people go going around and somebody experienced colours, somebody deep love, somebody absolutely nothing. And then it came to me and I got in my head, give it exactly as you got it. And so I did. I explained that this voice and this energy said that my mother, and I knew my mother had um, a miscarriage miscarriage before me, and we were seven months, it was seven months. And it was because she wasn't ready to come. Wow. And so the miscarriage happened, but it was decided, she told me, it was decided that I would come first and she would come later. But there we are, and that's exactly what happened. And then, lo and behold, when I got over to the UK and... Um, that was a month later. I got over to the UK because my daughter asked me to come for the birth of her second child because she'd got a two-year-old. So, of course, I jumped at that, didn't I? And it was it was a joy. So I arrived on the Sunday evening and uh, Sunday late afternoon, and I'm sitting on the couch um, and... Um, having just a relaxing time, Angela said, Mum, do you think you can do some Reiki healing on me tomorrow morning? I'm feeling a bit tired. I said, yes, sure. So, right, she's laying on the bed. This is Monday morning. Normally, I would start at the head, but my hands went straight to the belly. I got, well, at last, where have you been? I have been waiting for you. Oh, I'm coming now. And I was so taken aback by this little, this voice. Anyway, and sure enough, I did the Reiki healing. My daughter said, oh, I feel really great. Let's go to the shops. I said, could I have a cup of tea first? Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, mum. Yes. So we're having a cup of tea and all of a sudden she has contractions. And I said, oh, but she didn't know what contractions were because with Freya, she had a cesarean. Mm. Anyway, she said, oh, let's get going before this, you know. I said, well, just let's hang on a minute. Have you got your case pack? She said, yes, I did it last night. I said, well, let's just see. Sure enough, what happened? Half an hour later, we're on the way to the hospital and I'm taking Freya home. And the next thing, getting on to the next thing, was when um, Daisy and Freya, 
Daisy came out, that was her name. Daisy and Angela came home. Daisy would not sleep. She was crying and crying first night. So I said to Angela, look, you've got, you know, you've got to get your sleep. Mm -hmm. Leave her to me. So I picked her up and I'm sitting with her on my shoulder and she says, I don't want to be here. It's too loud. It's too, I don't want to be here. And And I'm saying, okay, Daisy, now come on, you are here now. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And so I did healing and healing healing. and for two nights we did this and then she warmed up to being here but her personality was very very much um, anxious to start with and then you know, she moved through it. But I was, so you can understand how I became so interested in the connection that we all have. This is not me special. This is just me opening up to an area that everybody else has on the planet. So. And I remember you talking to me that you didn't know, correct me if I'm wrong, that there were like different levels of Reiki healing, that you had a training, you were healing for several years and then found out you could go on to further training. Well, that's, that's right. I think, um, that was very true. So from from my point of view, I think Reiki one is something that everybody would benefit from mm. because it is intuitive and it is easy. You don't have to think about um, working with people's chakras, although uh, I do have to say a lot of people that I have taught, as, as soon as they've got started, they have opened up to tremendous energies. But then it's the same old story. If you don't use it, you lose it. Mm. It's the same. Um, so, yes, yeah. It's exciting. I love it when um, I'm able to help anybody to, uh, to, to, you know, to learn or to have Reiki. That so is- when, you, when you talk about um, that everyone would benefit from that level one, what mm. is it kind of go into a little deeper about um, what is that? for everyone? Is it kind of learning about our energies, learning how we can kind of channel and connect ourselves to? Well, um, more, it is more how um, the energy feels Mm -hmm. and 
And when you are um, when you receive an attunement, it does open up the energy centers, um, chakras in the palm of your hands. And as you bring the energy in, um, you can put your hands, anybody can do this. If you, just something simple, if you have um, some cut flowers, for example, if you put them in the vase and trim off um, the, the stem a little at the bottom, put them, and then put your hands around the flowers, you can feel an energy and you can feel it's erratic. And so you just bring down that divine energy and then you wait until that um, agitation has disappeared and it will disappear. And then you know the flowers have had enough and you'll find they'll last a lot longer. You can do it with plants. You can you can do it with animals. Animals love it. Just the same sort of simple procedure. Just bring down that divine love into your body and then use it, feel it in the palms of your hands. And um, then... It is settling and healing for the body mm -hmm. and for whoever or whatever you use to channel that energy into. So energy is all around us and we can raise it up, raise it up with um the power of crystals raise it up with purely sound there's so many ways of um bringing light into the body so and I, it's like you, when you were saying when you were five and you, you kind of wanted to speak telepathically to people. And then that started happening to you after yes. your level one training, what, um, what kind of happened that got you studying, you know, looking at your bio, um, going to Australia and studying psychic spiritual development? Well, because, um, I went over there and a very, very dear friend of mine, um, she taught spiritual and psychic development. And how I knew her was um, I had a lovely friend of mine since the age of five from the UK. And she married um, a Welsh guy. And this friend of mine is his sister. And she came over to 
the Canary Islands the year after Barry passed in 1995. Mm -hmm. And she asked, um, she came and we had tea together, um, myself and my um, my son went over to Kathy and Tony's and Marilyn was there and we had tea and um, Wade started it off. He said to Marilyn, um, what do you do in Brisbane? And she said, well, I'm the minister of a Christian spiritualist church. And he said, well, what does that mean? She said, well, we... Um, we believe in God, but we also believe in the afterlife and um, the fact we have many lifetimes. He, he blurted out, I know one of my lifetimes. And she said, yes, I know you do. She said, you were on the Titanic, you were a stowaway, and you went down with the ship. He said, how did you know? Wow. Because he had told me when he was eight years of age, he had come um, <clears throat> out into the kitchen and said, Mum, come and see this. So I went in and there was the old movie, uh, black and white movie of the Titanic. He said, I was on that ship. I was on that ship. And I said... He said, you don't believe me. I said, yes, I do believe you, but I shouldn't tell anybody else. And he never did. But that until that moment. And then she gave him his name and how old he was. And um, then um, I realised there was another area that of learning that um, could be very beneficial to us all. And yeah. so that's um, when I went back over to um, Australia. And while I was there, I did an intensive course. I was there long enough to, to do that. And then I came back, and when I first came to um, America um, in 2002, then I did uh, six-week uh, courses for people uh, and um, one and a half hours a week group, um, and it people were amazed at how they opened up to um, various aspects. And everybody has a, a different um, ability, actually. Or... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you provide, you know, a lot of services. Obviously, you do Reiki healing. And with all of your training, you do spiritual development courses, um, clairvoyant readings and channelings. Um, I, and I am interested in or I want to ask questions about past life regressions because you were talking about how um, this church um, believes in having um, 
you know, past lives and, you know, reincarnation and how, and I've had over the years clients wanting to do that. I've had clients, um, you know, this isn't something I have a ton of experience on, but like, it makes sense to me because now what we're talking about, um, so much is inherited trauma, um, you know, inherited trauma and carrying the trauma with you. And so that can make sense to me where I'll have a client and they're just like, I just don't feel right. And they'll ask me, do you know anybody I can go to for a past life regression? And they have found that very healing and it's kind of created some closure for them. So what would you say are some benefits or, or why, um, would a person want to try, um, a past life regression? Well, I think intuitively, more so now, uh, we are aware that this is not our first time down here. And when we come to understand that we have been coming to this planet for thousands and thousands of years, we've all been doing very many different things. And some of them have been um, an awareness that has stayed with us. It's almost like a deja vu. Um, in the respect that I've been here before, I've met that person before. And of course, yes, you have. And sometimes when I have um, regressed people, they have worked through the same issues time and time and time again and haven't realized that oh well i i i need to address this now i need to know that i don't need this so um an experience that um or why is my brother or my sister so obnoxious to me or worse you might find that in a previous life um that you've actually been the subject of their passing so it's but everything is part of our development, our our moving forward and experiencing and letting go. Nothing is a mistake. Everything is as it should be because we have to learn, okay, I let it go. You may suddenly find that you have lost everything. You've got nothing. It's all been stripped away from you. Allow it to be because there's nothing surer. We come in with nothing and we go out with nothing. 
and how much of the articles, things that we collect over the years, how much do we really need uh, to be who we want to be on a lighter, loving energy level. So everything that comes to us, we have to allow that and work through it with help and guidance. Nobody is alone. We are all connected to one another. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, all of us working together. Yes, that's the key. You know, thank you, Janet, so yes. much for joining us today and sharing your story. This was so great um, to, again, hear about your history. And, um, you know, I, I love how you, you know, work and love helping um, people navigate their own spiritual journey. That is my love, my passion. Thanks for listening and joining us today. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Chasing Brighter or on our blog, ChasingBrighter.com.